and welcome to the Trauma and Mental Health Reports podcast series. We aim to share stories and knowledge on topics related to trauma and mental health with the community. My name is Elizabeth, and I'd like to welcome our guest for today's episode, Temple Grandin. Today, we will be discussing how to parent as well as interact with children with autism when it comes to providing care. Let's get into today's conversation. Hello, Temple Grandin. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Well, it's great to be here today. Yeah, so awesome. So in your latest book on navigating autism, um, you share a new perspective on uh, seven ways to, pr- to promote a, ch- a child's growth when, when interacting and parenting them. And so I'd like to learn a little bit more about what led you to, to, um, to form this perspective that the parents need to shift their their perspectives on the way they, they interact with their children. What are you seeing right now that's that's not exactly, you know, well, helping uh, Deborah, children? Deborah most. Moore was a big power behind this book. And she's a psychologist working with parents for years. And one of the big problems is label locking. The parents get an autism label. <coughs> they don't think the kid can do anything. And they don't look at the whole kid anymore. They're just looking at the label. And, and uh, we need to change that mindset. The other problem we've got with autism is you're going from Elon Musk and Einstein who to somebody who can't dress themselves. You know, the little kids, you can't tell when you're working with the little kids when you do early intervention, how they're going to come out. But um, you're putting the same name on people that have, you know, very different needs. Now it takes, you know, the Einstein or the Elon Musk type of kid. Um, where would he be today? playing video games in the basement. Elon Musk was making video games and selling them. So he was doing when he was a kid um, because he'd learned work skills. That's another big issue. Too many kids are not learning enough work skills. They're totally different than academic skills. Um, But when I was out um, uh, designing equipment, working on construction sites, I've worked on construction sites, every single major meat company. And You've got skilled uh, machinery designers, drafting people, sometimes having you graduated from high school, welders, 20 patents, owning businesses. I'm going to estimate that 20% of uh, these people I worked with um, were either autistic, dyslexic, or ADHD, undiagnosed. Owning businesses, patenting equipment, equipment that's used around the world. I mean, this is something I'm trying to tell why it's the reason why it's important for me to tell people about this is is I want to realize that you know their kid could do something. Now, all most of the people I worked with would have been the Asperger type, no speech delay, but uh, but autistic, saved by a single skilled trades class. Right. It's almost as though um, it's it sounds like when I was reading the book, what I the general impression that I was getting was that. There's this almost overprotective aspect. Yes, yes. A lot of caregivers, providers, doctors, teachers, and parents, they they get into this mode where they hear autism and then they think, oh, I have to make accommodations for the child, which generally speaking usually mean easing away and helping them, you know, have an easier time. But the general feel from that I get from your perspective is that you actually need to push the children. We well, have to, to push to get them to the problems. I can't multitask. I'm, I had one thing I just had to change a password. Well, my computer guy came up with like a 20 character password and I don't have any working memory. 
So if I can't see when it types, uh, I can't type it inaccurately. So then we made up a shorter one that still was a you know, decent password. Okay, now that's multi, uh, a working memory. I have to do a workaround then. There has to be an accommodation there. If you want me to work in the McDonald's and I got to tear down the ice cream machine and clean it, don't just show me so fast. I need to write down a pilot's checklist. And even my computer guy, Chris, he's fabulous, but he goes, look, 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 do this to the computer. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, slow down. I, this is now, let me write a checklist of exactly what to do. That this little circle or whatever it is on the, on the controls means this. And yeah. even now that is an accommodation I have to have. It's not, it's not, that doesn't mean accommodate for everything, but I can't multitask and I have no working memory. Yeah. And when I just see dot, 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 dot coming up and it's a 20 character password, it's very difficult for me to type it in accurately. And so absolutely. So, so I'm still understanding some of the weaknesses is, is, is still important, it sounds like, especially for working memory, which I think- the Working is, memory, multitasking. You see all yeah. the things that the people I worked with did and the things I do in design work doesn't require multitasking. If you're designing a drawing, there's no multitasking. If you're in a shop building something, there's no multitasking. You're working on that one thing that you're building. The other reason why I put so much emphasis on career is because that's what makes them happy. And, and um, there's a tendency now for, for some of the adult advocates to get too much into autism. I'm gonna give you two examples with photography where when they really got into doing photography professionally, it made them happy. It made them super happy. I was on a, a little show last night, the Ed Asner, family hour, I don't remember the name of things exactly. And there was a photographer on there named Mike and, and he'd studied graphic design. And then he started talking about, he's doing photography now professionally and getting where he can get financially independent. And when he talked about going into photography professionally, man, he just lit up. That, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. And the people that I worked with just figured out how to build stuff. You know, that's the same sort of thing. Right. And having having a good career is something that helps make people on the spectrum uh, have a feeling of purpose in life. Yeah, absolutely. And so you know, it's sort of taking the 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 existing you know the the, the aspects of a person and recognizing that. So, for example, special interests. You know, sometimes it seems like um, if there's an approach where it's it's almost seeing it as like this different aspect where it's sort of weird, but in terms of you know re reframing that in terms of finding careers that work within that pathway to, to sort of highlight their strengths is I think it very much personifies the person with autism um, and not the label itself um, and so yeah so I think that's I appreciate very much that you highlight the importance of career and of applying yourself when it comes to um, to 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 being somebody with autism and, and to making that progress for yourself as well as, you know, so, sort of highlighting, you know, what can, what can we, we push you to do? What can we um, sort of allow you to, to grow into? Um, and so I think, I think that that approach in your book was really, really, um, I well, appreciated that a lot. Stretching, you don't, uh, I'll tell you something that doesn't work for a job, just chucking somebody into a chaotic clothing store at Christmas time. That's not when you start the job. The stores are just chaos. That did not work. 
Yeah. So what kind of, what kind of, what would be the best transition then? I love a gradual transition because for me, going from the world of school, to the world of work starts with chores for little kids. Um, I have granddads that come up to me all the time and they discover they're on the autism spectrum. They've had decent jobs like pharmacist, accountant, engineer. Well, they all had paper routes when they were 11. So we need to find things to replace the old paper route where the child is working outside the family where somebody else is the boss. So you could do church volunteer jobs, farmer's market, walking other people's dogs, you know, and then instant the legal, they need to get real jobs. You know, I'm talking especially in the fully verbal uh, kids, two real jobs for the graduate in high school and mm-hmm. just to learn the working skills. Mm-hmm. You, you talk a lot about um, what your what your mom did for you when you were younger and how and how it, it bolstered a lot of your development. And it seems to have really positively impacted you. What do you what do you think would have happened to you if you were parented in in 2022 and um there's, there's all I'm of the, afraid, the I'm, mentality. I'm afraid I'd be a video game addict in the basement. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. Now, there's been some successes with weaning uh, young adults off of video games. And there's been four successes with auto mechanics. And what the young adult found is that fixing cars was more interesting than video games. I don't think you're going to replace video games with shelving groceries or bagging groceries. That's not interesting. Maybe you could replace video games with photography, but you have to replace them with something that's more interesting than video games. And and uh, one of the one of the guys uh, fixes trains for the railroad now, and the railroad loves him, and he loves the railroad. You know that's um, I you know I don't see these these uh, young adults going into fabulous uh, video game jobs. They're not doing that now. A lot of big corporations are reaching out. I've got talks coming up right now with. Uh, Expedia, Unilever, I've done IBM, Dell Computer, S&P, I've done financial companies, Amazon, you know, a whole number of companies that are actually actively trying to reach out and recruit autistic talent because they need it for programming. Um, We have skills that these companies need. In fact, the bank hired two autistic uh, guys, the kind of the word thinker kind of autistic, to sell um, financial products, complicated financial products, and most of it's phone sales. And that's been uh, been successful because they can remember the details, financial products. I don't understand some of that stuff. And some of it I can remember that makes me think of that, all that, uh, uh, when all they, you know, the banks went broke and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Credit Sorry. default swaps and all that kind of stuff. Oh, the big short, that movie. The thing is disgusting. Yes, that movie was pretty much true. Yeah, very much based in reality. Yeah, it um, was. Before you've mentioned, like, so I, I think it's important to notice that um, there's a lot of strengths when it comes to autistic brains. So you mentioned that for IBM, you know, there, there's a focus to detail that's that's relevant to the and job. Program. And programming okay. seems to be, yeah, something that works for a lot of people who are on the spectrum. Not, not everyone, but. Well, no, no, you see, now this gets into the different kinds of minds. I'm an object visualizer. So the kind of stuff my mind's going to be good at is art, photography, animals, and mechanics. Those are going to be my things. Now, your pattern thinking mind, and I discuss the different kinds of minds in my book, The Autistic Brain, 
um, is going to be your mathematician, your programmer, chemist, physicist, also often into music. And then you have the kind of autistic that's a word thinker. And, and they're the ones that were selling these financial products. That's, or might good at selling cars because they know all the details of the product. But companies are reaching out. I mean, people forget, you know, we have this cloud computing stuff. Okay, you click on the little shopping cart. Uh, there's warehouses full of computers that run all this stuff. Somebody has to run all that stuff. There's huge infrastructure that keeps all the computing stuff going. And they need people to do that. You know, it's sort of, it, it isn't the stuff that, okay, I'm going to design a video game or something like that. It's stuff that keeps the cloud operating. The cloud, there's, oh, people don't realize, warehouses full of servers is what the cloud is made out of. It's not the cloud. It's not a cloud. Uh, I like to take I like to take students and show them pictures of the cloud. It just blows their mind. There's a lot of value in um, I think autistic traits, and when it comes to to, to 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 bolstering up society, and like as you mentioned, the visual thinkers, the word thinkers, pattern thinkers. I think um, that that is largely unrecognized when it comes to popular approaches to, to autism. They don't really emphasize the different. Well, the um, thing is, is that we need these skills, and there's things we don't make. See this right here? You know what? That's a picture of the state-of-the-art electronic chip-making machine. It's from Holland. We don't make it. This goes back to taking all the skilled trades classes out of the schools. We stick our nose up at that. And if I could uh, change the schools, I want art, sewing, woodworking, metalworking, theater, uh, mechanics, drafting, programming, serious programming classes. I want all that stuff put back in the schools. And then let's learn some business math. I can't do algebra, but I know people that have corporate jets, gigantic companies. They know their little old fashioned, my generation business math mm -hmm. that you have to have for running a business. And they're just as autistic as they can be. And this is one of the things that really drives me crazy as I go back and forth between the autism world now and the industrial world. In fact, I got a plant visit this afternoon. And I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it's, although um, I will not be wearing a shirt. The bottom half is dressed for the plant. You won't see, well, this is a podcast, so you won't see it. And then the top half is going to get work clothes put on <laughs> this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the pleasures of working from home. Um, yeah. On the one that you see that the, there's a lot of downsides doing school on Zoom, but on the other hand, I've been doing talks in other countries that I would never be able to do otherwise on Zoom or or Microsoft Teams or some other platform. Streamyard, that's a nice yeah. platform. It always works. Yeah. It, what's interesting about the pandemic is that I've heard some some people on the spectrum say that that they actually appreciate the, the ability to work remotely in that it's, you know, you, you get to plan ahead, you have these routines, you can anticipate meetings. And um, it's, there's this predictability to, to working remote and, and going to school remotely. It's, it's, it's odd that it seems to be, some people are enjoying it. Well, and in certain yeah. kinds of jobs, for certain kinds of jobs, um, all right, let's say your job is you want to just keep a certain cloud server thing operating. 
Yeah, you might be able to do that from home. But if you're doing jobs that require like people collaborating, um, and I've been watching as they, I think we're going to be dragging people back to the office one or two days a week. And I happen to agree with that because uh, just for myself, okay, I went into a faculty meeting and, you know, I met some of my colleagues and we discussed stuff. There's a collaboration that you get in the office you don't get remotely. Now, that if, if your job was to make uh, airline reservations on the phone and you're satisfied with just staying in that job, yeah, you can just do that from home. But if you actually want to get ahead in the, in, in the company, you're probably not going to get ahead if you just sit at home and, and do airline reservations. Right. I know. Right. And they were doing them at home before COVID because I've called up them. I'm a frequent flyer. So I called up the frequent flyer desk and I heard a dog barking in the background. So I know they were at home. <laughs> you, you talk a lot about avoiding label locking uh, when, it when it comes to, you know, approaching ch children with autism. Um, what is one of the ways that you've seen it appear when it comes to when it comes to mind to like in what ways are children limited by a label? Well, I mean, the amount of kids that I see not learning any basic skills, money, bank account, shopping. They're not learning to drive. I, and learning to drive is going to take longer because the multitasking. You've got to practice, 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 practice in a very safe place to get the operation of the car into motor memory before you do traffic. But the most basic stuff, I mean, I'm horrified number of kids that have never shopped by themselves. And then the mom is afraid to let go, to have their kid run in the store and buy something. I'm talking teenagers here. I, and I'm running into this over and over again. I wish I didn't have to talk about shopping, but I'm finding that's something I need to, to talk about is this sort of letting go to let your kid do the most you know mundane everyday things. And, and the getting jobs. I'm seeing parents pushing so much on the academics, the kids got no life skills. Right. Got it's absolutely no life skills. And some people will say, well, Temple came from a, a well-off family. Yes, I did. But I saw people when I was working out on the construction sites that came right out of a very low income situation and um, started making things and selling them and grew it into a great big business. Or they started gravitated over to the maintenance shop at a meat plant. 15 years later, they're building a new plant addition. And I've seen that, that path a number of times. Well, they learned how to work, had paper routes when they were young. Now I know paper routes are gone. So we, got to, we have to find something to substitute where they're doing something on a schedule outside the home. Somebody else is the boss. Mm -hmm. Well, church volunteer jobs. We don't have to worry about child labor laws, church volunteer jobs. Teach, that would be 11 years old, 10 years old, teaching in how to do a task that somebody else wants. It's almost as though, you know, a lot of communication skills and a lot of teamwork skills, a lot of, you know, management organization skills are being learned pretty much only when you're, when you're, uh, when you're in this type of position, like maybe a volunteer position or, you know, a part-time job. Well, you know, I didn't, was, I was a terrible student in high school. I got kicked out of high school for biting. I was bullied. Only places I was not bullied was uh, friends who shared interests. That's another thing that's really, really important. 
but how can you know kids get fixated on their favorite interests? But I think today a lot of kids don't get exposed to enough stuff. I'm seeing too many kids growing up today have never used a tool. Um, they don't get out and do enough stuff. And yeah. and I've now been to I've now been exposed to three programs where they get kids out doing stuff: surfing uh, uh, in Nakarni, Nebraska, zip lines, boats, and then a program down in Texas where they get out and they do stuff in nature, they ride horses, they do gardening. And in all three of those situations, it changes the parent's attitude that they actually say, you got my nonverbal kid on a boat? You gotta be kidding. Yeah, and he loved it. But you have to introduce it right. No surprises. Mm -hmm. You let them watch other kids on a, on a boat and, and then they go try a boat and they find out they like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, it very much sounds like there's a there's a almost culture of sheltering right now. Yeah, that's right. Worldwide, that's right. not not just for autistic children, just overall the young generation is is growing up extremely sheltered. The pandemic well, is not helping. Uh, I think it's a problem. Like right where I live, there's kids all over this neighborhood. I never see them outside, not mm -hmm. even on the front lawns of their houses. They aren't learning work skills. And then I'm seeing in graduate students. I've been a professor now for 31 years at at Colorado State last seven or eight years, the writing skills of students, absolutely awful. And they're having more and more problems getting their thesis done. Um, and their writing's atrocious and I have to correct it. Mm -hmm. And and the work ethic's not as, as, as good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I when, when I hear that, I can't help but think that the, the rising levels of mental health prevalence, yeah. like, like depression, anxiety must surely be impacting their ability to, to, to pick up these skills and to, well, I think, to apply you know, getting out and doing stuff like watching this guy last night, Mike, um, started talking about his experiences. And when he started talking about as an older person, maybe in his forties or fifties, got into professional photography and just loving it, man, he just lit up. The problem with graphic design is the pay is terrible and there's a zillion of them, but a photographer, you actually have to get out and take the pictures and he's actually making enough money where we may get financially independent. He lit up talking about photography. So that reinforces my view of, um, and he's not a real young person. He's probably 40 or 50. Um, that career, a meaningful career gives life meaning. You know, most people get a lot of meaning out of emotional connections. I get um, meaning out of um, the mother tells me, well, my kid went and got a job and was successful because I read one of your books. That turns me on. Have to get exposed to enough stuff so you can find out what turns you on. Mm -hmm. You see, that's one of the problems today. How did I get in the cattle industry? I was exposed to it as a teenager. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't have happened otherwise. Right. I mean, these days, the, what you're exposed to is really just... I feel like the landscape growing up now is very much social media. Well, this is the problem. Yeah. And then you have, and I didn't have all the, all the problems of uh, being, uh, all, being called all kinds of names everywhere I went. Like when we were out riding horses or doing electronics lab, nobody was texting me when I was doing those activities. And there were activities where I was away from bullets. But I think we need to be getting out doing a lot more real stuff. And people ask me, what would I do to the schools? I'm going to put all the hands-on classes back in. 
mm-hmm. ranging from home economics, cooking, sewing, woodworking, theater, uh, mechanics, uh, welding, drafting, because they also expose kids to enough to different things that they can get interested in. Then photography, you know, that my kind of mind is going to be mechanics, photography, graphic design. There's too many of them, and the pay is terrible. Mm-hmm. Photography, you can still get decent money. I've um, had a lot of documentaries made, interviews. I've talked to a lot of people that were cinematographers, uh, TV photographers. I'll tell you right now, older guys on the on the spectrum, dyslexic. And I've yeah. talked to a lot of them about how they just worked at some little bitty TV station and they just gradually got into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much for your time, Temple. Um, I, I learned a lot. You can check out Temple McGrandon's book, Navigating Autism. And I believe you also have a several other books coming out. You're very prolific. Oh, yeah, I've got a book um, coming out. We're just working on the galley proofs right now. It's called Visual Thinking that I did with my great verbal co-author, Betsy. So this is a good example of different minds working together. I'd write the rough drafts. Uh, I kind of disorganize. She'd organize them. She's right now finishing up the galleys right now. I, I already put my corrections in. But it provides the scientific evidence of the different kinds of minds. The object visualizer like me, we can't do algebra. I don't know, I don't think I graduated from high school today. Um, and most of the people I, I worked with that own these metal shops can't do algebra either. And we're, we're getting into a serious problem with loss of skills. There's things we don't know how to build, poultry processing plant, um, structural glass, uh, state-of-the-art electron microscope, um, one of the reasons why I talk about these things because I got to give business people a reason to be interested. And I've got two business calls coming up. And I, okay, Expedia, the travel site, they're going to need a lot of computer people. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the visual, spatial, mathematical mind. See, there's two kinds of visual. There's the object visualizer that thinks in photographs. And then there's the visual spatial that thinks in relations and patterns between numbers. Because mm-hmm. I tried computer programming. That didn't work for me. But a company like Expedia is going to need a lot of computer people just to keep things going. But where they need my kind of mind is to make a decent interface on the website. Yeah, I think that's incredibly valuable to, to, to recognize because um, even with the autism rights moving, movement coming up, you know, more better representation. Um, more, and, I more think, and I think that's really expensive. good. But I get concerned about getting so much in it. Okay, well, one thing, I had a boss that got very plain with me about being a dirty, filthy slob. And there's a scene in the movie where the deodorant gets slammed down, that happened. You know, there's some stuff where a filthy, dirty, swearing slob. No, there are some things you have to conform on. I'm not saying you gotta have the best eye contact. No, you don't have to have that. But you can't be a rude, filthy, dirty slob. Mm-hmm. That That's something that, clean it up. It's fine to be eccentric. I dress kind of eccentric. Eccentric's fine. But there's some things where, where um, I'm, well, I was at an autism conference one time and a guy walked up to me in a suit on and bare feet. And he just started saying, well, who the F are you? Mm-hmm. Well, there's no excuse for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's some stuff where, yeah, there's what I'm going to call business social that you do. And there's a lot of issues now about masking. Now, where I can't follow conversations, we're in a restaurant and my friends get into chit-chat conversations where it's very fast chit-chat. It has often very little content. They're having such a great time. I can't even follow it. And, 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 and to try to follow it, oh, it's too much energy. I just stare off at the 
TVs and stuff on the wall in the restaurant. So when I go to parties, I have a tendency to go, let's talk to this person over here one-on-one and I'll go over to these and talk to them. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But there's other group chit-chat stuff. I just can't do it. I'm glad that you touched on the masking part because I think some discourse is moving along about, you know, no more masking, but it seems very valuable when it comes to a career environment in particular. Well, the thing is, it, to say hi to somebody in a corridor, like I, I, when I was in, at the University of Illinois getting my PhD in the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, some of the other faculty thought I was stuck up because I didn't say hi in the corridor. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. And then as soon as I realized it, I said hi in the corridor. That's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. That's easy to do. Yeah, I call that business social. You've reached the end of this episode with the Trauma and Mental Health Report podcast. Thanks for joining us. Connect with us at trauma.blog.yorku.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and newsletter to see our latest content. See you at the next episode. 